Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, Star Trek. Can you believe it? Uh, today we, we've been having uh, uh, we've been bringing on some guest uh, guest panelists, uh, but today it's just uh, just the home team. Uh, I can see actually I can see a baby and I can see Carrie's husband it? in the background. Hi Arlo, hi Scott, they're here as our guests very briefly. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Wonderful. Bye. Okay. Bye. bye. <laughs> So that was just a beautiful, quick guest cameo uh, from a Star Trek baby and a Star Trek husband, uh, two wonderful home human beings. Um, but those of us talking about Star Trek today uh, include the the mother and the wife, just to how she wants to be known. Oh yeah, <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, I should say uh, the uh, the gentlemen who are lucky enough to have Carrie Coleman Hinners in their lives. Uh, uh, that's who they, those guys are. But we have Carrie Coleman Hinners with us. Woohoo! Woohoo! And we've got Michael Henley. Uh, who woo. Who woo. And we have myself, of course, um, uh, Juan Valdez. No, uh, it's me, Chris Newcomer. <laughs> Happy to be here to talk more Trek with you all. Today we'll be discussing um, a classic episode of Trek from Deep Space Nine. It's season three, episode two, uh, The Search, part two, um, which has some great themes that carry on through to the episode of Picard we'll be discussing, which is season three, episode three, 17 seconds, um, which is about as long as it takes me to get winded going upstairs. Am I right? Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but uh, I would love to hear a very important question. Actually, before I, before I get to my favorite segment, I want to just plug a couple things number one we are very happy to be on the crossroads comedy theater uh family of podcasts crossroads comedy theater does uh improv classes and performances and sketch sketch lots of different things here in philadelphia and i think also in indiana maybe not in indiana but wherever you can find them go to crossroads comedy and they'll you'll have lots of info on how you can participate how you can get out and see shows or take classes um and we're very happy to be supported by them um and we ourselves have just gotten an email. So if you've Whoa. got a burning question for us, uh, if you've got something you want to know about myself, about Michael Henley, about Carrie Coleman Hinners, or about, about Star Trek, Star our, Trek, our deep takes on mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. please, with conversation respect, topics you want to throw yeah, out there, things you want us to dive deep on that uh, how to rebuild think, an engine, yeah, things you think we have knowledge of, mm -hmm. you can reach out to primesubjectivepod at gmail.com and we will do our very best to uh, to get back to you and maybe mention you on 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 air to are many and varied listeners um <laughs> now that we've covered the business uh let's get to the business of the people on the podcast michael henley how are you doing oh i'm doing well honestly um i wish i had crazy things to report but i don't everything's just nice and steady and really been enjoying these past couple episodes of picard i can't wait to talk all about them um it's a lovely day out here in philly today um daylight savings time is is it over or started i forget i forget it's over it's over it's um, happening is, all the time around us everywhere all at once mm -hmm. everywhere all at once <laughs> everywhere all at once <laughs> um which is doing wonders for my self-esteem it's really nice mm -hmm. to come back from the office and it's still bright out it's really really nice so i'm doing great good well, we love to hear that we love a, we love a positive start uh carrie coleman henders how, how are you doing 
Uh, I'm doing great. And I did finally complete the, the previous most recent season of Prodigy. Mm. And I really liked it. Yeah. Um, it has all the great elements that you expect from Star Trek wrapped up in this little kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, because we had talked about it previously that I hadn't finished it. Um, I did think that them being brought before Starfleet to answer for their crimes, quote unquote, was a little far-fetched because it's one of those things like if you just explained what happened sure yeah, but they yeah. want to draw parallels they wanted to be like you know uh kirk and his crew getting drawn in, you know in front of a whole yeah. you know, of folks mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i mean they're just kids they didn't steal it they were running away it's well, whatever but that was the only part that i found like really you're not gonna let him in because he doesn't even have anything to okay well that's fine <laughs> anyway but i liked it well good no i enjoyed it too it, it's it's actually maybe i need to rewatch it now because i enjoy i know i enjoyed it but i'm remembering it less um yeah. it was not so so fresh in my mem- memory <clears throat> mm. and how am i doing how are you, you know doing, i'm Chris? doing great as <laughs> soon as I, we open so our mouths to good. say it he i give you i feel it. like no. i give you a millisecond enough pause to do it oh but, a millisecond you know, how generous wow listen for my for my for my chihuahua heart you know it, my, my heart beats pretty Aww. fast so so that's mm-hmm. me you know that's as much mm-hmm. time as i can offer before my my body takes over um but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't worry. The doctors say it's only going to shave about 60 years off my life. I'm fine, but, um, it's, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing really well. I know it's been a, it's been a good week. I was, I was, um, trying to think since last we met, I was dog sitting for some friends and I, uh, Michelle Yeoh won an Oscar. So that's wonderful. Yeah, she did. That made me very happy. Does that count um, some Trek in the news? I mean, maybe I mean, it does. Sure does. I mean, you know. I mean, we've got a we've she got deserves a it. previous captain who's now an Oscar winner. I don't know of I any know. other, you know. Doing the mental math? No, I don't think so. Well, Whoopi. Whoopi is one of the Whoopi's well, not, not, yeah, not a captain. Not but, a captain, but I mean Yeah. And she was her Oscar was was before she was on Star Trek. Um right? Uh, she started in 88 because that's the second season when Gunning comes in and she won the Oscar in 1991. So okay, so no. Okay, that IMDb brain. God bless your brain, Michael. Yeah, that's great. All, all it takes is just to remember that start, net TNG started in 1987. Therefore, the second season was 1988 and she won the Oscar for Ghost, which came out in yeah. 1990. So and the second thing you have to remember is who won Oscars every year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then also, you know, figuring out in the Meryl Streep coefficient, which, you know, does skew oh. things sometimes. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would be our track in the news. Michelle Yeoh winning an Oscar. That's pretty fantastic. Um, I was so glad to see everything everywhere all at once sweeping as another mm-hmm. basically sci-fi kind of, kind of movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, made me very happy. Um, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm doing well. Um, but yeah, let's get in, let's jump into some track. I'm going to, I'm going to talk through the uh plot of of this episode from deep space nine we chose it because it features the changelings um, which feature into this new season of picard as we'll we'll soon hear or you may already know 
But for this episode, part two, um, Odo and Kira have landed on a starless planet in the Omerian Nebula, which they have discovered is Odo's homeworld. A female shapeshifter encourages him to begin the slow process of learning who he is and discovering the bond they share, known as the Great Link. Uh, Odo is pleased to be reunited with his people, but they don't like Kira because she is a solid life form. Meanwhile, forced to abandon the Defiant during the Jem'Hadar attack days before, Sisko and Bashir are traveling alone in a shuttle when O'Brien and Dax, who have met the founders, rescue them. Upon returning to the space station, Sisko learns that the Federation is negotiating a peace treaty with the Dominion, represented by one of the founders, a Vorta named Borath. <clears throat> when Sisko finds out that the Romulans have been excluded from the peace talks, he expresses his concern to Admiral Necheyev, but she dismisses his fears. On the other side of the wormhole, Kira is unable to contact Sisko because of interference from a hidden power source, while Odo struggles with his lessons at shapeshifting. Later, the female shapeshifter tells Odo that they came to this isolated planet a long time ago as a result of persecution at the hands of the solids, then reveals he was sent as an infant to explore the galaxy, then return home. <clears throat> While looking for Odo, Kiro discovers a locked door, something for which the shapeshifters would have no use because of, you know, being goo. Uh, this arouses her curiosity. Uh, back on the space station, a Jem'Hadar soldier starts a fight with O'Brien, in part because the newcomers, hey, of oh, the newcomers, sorry, it's not me, it's just, it was lowercase, in part because the newcomers have been given free reign. Sisko then discovers that the Federation has signed the treaty, agreeing to give control of the Bajoran sector, including the station and the wormhole to the Dominion. Over Sisko's objections, he and his crew will be reassigned. A happy Oda, Odo tells Kira he has decided to remain with his people, but Kira asks him to help her get to the hidden power source before she departs. He is intrigued when Kira reveals it is behind the locked door she has found. Meanwhile, Jem'Hadar soldiers shoot Romulan officer to roll in cool blood, cold blood, then uh, cool blood, I guess, because they're Romulan. It's not so cold, you know, it's cool blood. Then attacked and outraged Sisko. Deciding that matters have gotten out of hand, Sisko then bans with Garrick, Dax, Bashir, and O'Brien on a suicide mission to steal a runabout, collapse the wormhole, and keep the Dominion on its side of the galaxy for decades. Garrick is shot while Sisko and the others escape. Oh my God, this moment. Uh, and once aboard a runabout, they fire on the wormhole, collapsing it in a blinding explosion. Meanwhile, Odo unlocks the mysterious door where he and Kira find Jem'Hadar soldiers waiting. The two are taken to an interrogation room where Sisko and the Defiant crew sit with their eyes closed, devices attached to their heads. Borath is there conducting a virtual reality simulation on the crew to determine how much they will sacrifice to avoid war with the Dominion. The female shapeshifter then arrives, disclosing that her people are the mysterious founders... Uh, mysterious uh, founders. Saddened that his own race is responsible for so much death and misery, Odo demands that his friends be released, then chooses to return with them. Surprised that their experiences since the Defiant attack didn't really happen, Sisko and the crew return to the station. Knowing the truth about his people, Odo now knows that in, even though he may feel like an outsider, his place is with his friends. And that is The Search Part 2. What very a jam-packed episode. A very special uh, episode of uh, saved by the bell at the end there i'm gonna be with <laughs> my I'm friends be with my friends you're bad <laughs> yeah mom my friends have my best yeah. interest at heart <laughs> you use bad guys <laughs> uh yeah this is the first time we see the found find out who the founders are this is the first mm -hmm. time we hear about the great link this is the first time we see other shapeshifter people 
Odo is apparently the only one who hasn't figured out how to change his human face. But everybody else can do it very, very well, except for Odo, which I always thought was odd. Well, and she, and the, 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 the founder leader, she never really changes. She says she can, but we never really see yeah. her do her they, change No, we her never face. do. And she, they decide it, for some reason to emulate the way Odo looks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which is just like, you know, a little bit, um, it's like the, uh, yeah, uh, a little bit, you know, um, blocky face, a little bit, um, those, mm, clay, I, I'm reminded. Clay face. Clay yeah. face. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It becomes a little bit hard to figure out when Odo impersonates other people, which I know he does on the show because he captures non-human features very well. But when he's trying to be a, or Bajoran, I guess. But when he's trying to be a Bajoran, for some reason, that's when he comes up short. It's interesting. Yeah, he can't do the face things. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be interesting if they gave that um, weakness to them because sometimes it feels like they're too powerful. Oh, yeah. Like the classic you know the superhero problem villain problem is like you made this guy too powerful you need to give them a weakness yeah well i guess their weakness is they need to regenerate every 16 hours mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. i guess that would be their weakness and i'm or guessing not mold? regenerate no. reliquify <laughs> reliquify borgs need to regenerate <laughs> right it's a similar it's a similar conceit yeah. though i would say we have to return to this one little vessel or this one in odo's case yeah. or return mm-hmm. to the you know <clears throat> or I, I don't know luxana troy's lap i guess in that one episode also works Aww, just right it that's was right so sweet that was She's so sweet. Like, let me hold out my dress for you and you can lay here that's the most human they ever that's let her sweet. be that I love that. Like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but also, it's it's also the most human she's ever been, but also kind of sort of the horniest she's ever been. It's sure. A wonderful. It's a wonderful uh, duality there. She's like, I want to sleep yeah. with this goo man, and also, yeah. I'm a woman of a certain age going through life. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's exactly. now that you bring it up, let's talk about sex. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let, uh, because I think I think often about a shapeshifter uh-huh. having sex. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And first of all, there's the 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 changelings molding into each other. There must be just like orgasmic all the time in that great. Oh yeah. Like oh, mu- yeah. It must just be like some sort of euphoria thing. And they they link up and they make these sort of O faces while they're doing it. <laughs> well, that's um, why, like, they, yeah, I was like, the leader feels like yeah. his mom, and yet they're also yeah. melding together yeah. in a way yeah. that's sexual. I was like, I don't know how it's I feel like about they're, that. They're siblings, parents, aunts, uncles, you know, mm-hmm. from, like everything. They're just all connected. I think they even um, make that explicit later on. Like, there's, um, there's later on when Odo is. there's a time when Odo kind of turns bad basically when the station is occupied and he spends a lot of time with a female shapeshifter and there's one Mm -hmm. scene where they have sex like humans because she wants to know what it's like and she's like so that's their version of the great link and he's basically like I guess you know it's like it it, it is it's it's definitely deliberate that those connections yeah definitely so he comes across as um, I, I I love what they do with Odo here because like he's got this deep yearning to be part of his people to understand his people, but also when you introduce that element as well, there's a weird, not there's a welcome kind of like slight addiction element to it basically mm-hmm. that, it, that that kind of plays out through the rest of the show. It's it's, it's really interesting. It when eventually cool, he like, does, yeah, it was. Mm. 
yeah, eventually he does like decide, hey, I am going to go rejoin the Great Link, right? Isn't that yeah, the Yeah, he wants yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Before he finds out that they're bad guys. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, but I mean, even at the very, very them. end of the series though, right? Doesn't yeah, he eventually he decide there. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's an episode um, when, so there's a two-parter, I think in this very season, season three, where um, the, the Garrick is kind of teams up with some Romulans, basically and he's tasked with te- torturing Odo. What they drag out of Odo is that despite it all, he really wants to go back. He wants to go to the Great Link, you know? Oh, yeah. He wants to be part of his people. And it's such this power, but like he he's buried that deep inside. He, Garrick has to drag it out of, out of him because even Odo finds that so humiliating about himself and degrading, mm-hmm. but, he, but he wants to. Isn't that also where they find out his feelings about Major Kira? Or am I thinking of another episode? Mm-hmm. Different episode, slightly different circumstances, yeah. but part of the same emotional wave that Odo is yeah. on. Because yeah. it's the same season. It's probably only a couple episodes apart. On a separate topic, I think I enjoyed it more when he was pining as a viewer, like the compelling story of it mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. when he was pining for her and she didn't know as I, the I tension agree. on the show. Then when they actually got together, it felt like, okay, moving on. We're done with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I especially love the, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I am a, not a fan of love stories where there's like there's a love triangle and the third leg of the love triangle is like this person who you're like what is what does this person see in this per-? like i don't get it basically yeah. you know, like the, mm-hmm. um and i you know and that's when she starts seeing shikar who is not a bad person at all and like that's one of the things i love about that relationship and and narice treats odo as very much a you know, I think she literally says to him, just like, you know, this must seem all silly to you. Like, you don't have, you know, you, you can't, you can't love. You don't know what affection is. Yeah, There's you're an emotional eunuch. Right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't mean it to be yeah. demeaning, yeah. but it's, but, but, but he takes it that way. And it's so heartbreaking. I forget which episode that is in, but that's, that's an amazing episode. It's the character on Star Trek that has become a little bit um, since, since Spock, the, the one who doesn't know how to be fully human yet and mm-hmm. is struggling mm-hmm. with their human side. Um, and Spock, Data, Odo. Their other yeah, half, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enterprise would be T'Pol, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Seven of Nine. Seven of Nine, the Doctor, yeah. mm-hmm. the Doctor. They kind of so, traded duties, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven of Nine and the Doctor, yeah. But it's, a, the... it's one of those, you know, Star Trek archetype characters they have. Very. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, Odo's Odo's connection to his roots is one of the very fascinating parts of this episode. Absolutely. Um, but also the fact that I've seen this more recently and totally forgot within this episode that they were in a simulation. Mm. I was like, oh, I forgot yeah. that. I was like, what? There's a war that ha- yeah. blew up the wormhole. It's, it's <laughs> crazy because any other, I thought it was really well done because any other show that would do that sort of thing you would be like oh that's that's cheap they got us all worked up for nothing none of that mattered Mm -hmm. but yet in this episode they made it more they turned it into um uh we actually wanted to see what would happen so now we know so we're coming for you yeah well Uh, yeah stakes even more somehow they they raise the stakes even more yeah it's like psychological warfare, like this whole yeah. idea of just like, oh, we just created this scenario just for funsies, basically. Like we're we're not even turning our full attention on you, like yet. Like this will help, but yeah, and and that right. really like th- this is such a well done 
like exception to the rule of like usually when you do um you know shows that the entire thing is just yeah a dream and or you wake like up that. it's such a dream yeah yeah like that's always so cheap but this doesn't feel cheap at all this is our real introduction to the dominion and this is what they're doing and it's it's very off-putting in like an intimidating way uh, it's yeah. so different from something like the borg you know where the borg will just come at you like they're very upfront about the, what they want to do in the dominion they play games and they, then they play games within games um mm-hmm. which uh, yeah it's it's so scary mm. We also had on this episode Martha Hackett as a guest star who played several uh, roles yes. on Star Trek on Voyager. She was Seska. Oh, yeah. Um, She's so good. Yeah, she was excellent as that character, excellent as this Romulan. Um, yeah, I like the choice to bring in a Romulan. I actually watched, our assignment was to just watch the second part, but I watched parts one I and two just so that I could <laughs> yeah. I needed to get myself into it you know like I needed yeah. to mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I uh I, well I like I like the idea of like you know next generation has taught us to view Romulans as the enemy the enemy the enemy and now it's turning mm-hmm. it's turning the story on its ear we have to have, have mm-hmm. empathy for this character that we you have learned not to trust um mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it was I, I it's 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 you know you guys right? have been telling me for for years deep space nine is very good turns out you yeah. were right it's <laughs> yeah great. um uh, it's so by the time picard comes along romulans are yeah um uh just they need help everybody feels sorry yeah right <laughs> right 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 and this character actually tarot who martha hackett plays she actually never shows up again on the series it's actually really interesting she's just in this two-parter which is actually mm. kind of weird because she's established in part one as this episode is, you know, part one is the season three premiere, which is the introduction of, of the Defiant. And the Defiant has a cloaking device, which is kind of a no-no, and it's under spe- special license from um, yeah. the Romulans, which is why you have a Romulan observer, but then she just isn't seen again. Um, so, which is kind of interesting. And yeah, that frees her up to play Seska on Voyager, yeah. which is <laughs> awesome on. Um, but it kind of makes you wonder, just like, did, what happened with, did they just did they just decide to drop the character? I don't know. Um, mm. Yeah. They probably had a lot of ideas and I was like, well, we could lose this they, one. <laughs> it seems to me, yeah, they could lose that one because they're like, okay, we already set up that this is an exception to the rule with the cloaking device. So we don't need to go over it every right. single episode, right. eating right. too much time. Yeah, we still it's have five also, more years of Dominion War to get through, you know? Like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, a, it's also one of those things, so that that introduces two characters, uh, one being Terrell, the other being Eddington. And Eddington, no mm. spoilers yeah. for people who have not finished Deep Space Nine, but really earns his keep as a character on DS9. And right from the start, he comes in, he's like, I'm Federation Security, blah, blah, blah. And Odo, which is such a great kickoff to where his character goes in this two-parter, is very offended by this. Um, you know, so right away you have this character kind of, you know, swinging this thing around basically and really kind of, um, <laughs> is and like, yeah, really and kind it turns of... into this like Jean Valjean Javert, you know, back and oh, forth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thing. It does. Yeah. But I mean, even in this, even in this episode, editing comes in and he makes an impression because like he's the guy who pissed off Odo basically was making questions placed on the station. And Terrell, mm-hmm. Terrell, uh, on the other hand, is basically just like, well, she's a Romney. That's kind of all we know about her. Maybe they just, you yeah. know. Um, Maybe she's already there shooting Seska scenes. And they're like, hey, can you be Romulan real quick? We just need to real. Just I, pop in. I think they were like right across the, to, yeah. the lot. 
Why so not? Yeah. You're already in the makeup chair, you know, just go for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it was the same season. It definitely was because this was season three, which is oh. 94 to 95, which is 94 is DS9, 94 to 95 is DS9 season three. When Generations comes out, the movie Star Trek Generations mm-hmm. and uh, Voyager season one. So yes, she was, yeah, it, it must have been something very, very similar to something. And Seska's like yeah. still pretending to be human in season one of Voyager, so they don't even She's put Bajoran. makeup on her. Oh, Bajoran, yeah. right. Also a lot less makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a quick nose job, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'd be what uh, um I'm trying to think of other things in this episode that were you know right. um well the relevant to picard was is sure. the dominion war um the founders the changelings um that's all that's all coming back which is interesting yeah well and this i think is... i think this speaks to like if you know if they were so good at war back back in this time you know who's to say they couldn't have re- regrouped and gotten mm-hmm. their strength mm-hmm. back and come back and are now wreaking havoc in the 25th century you know mm. Mm-hmm. yeah um this is not to jump the gun because we're about to talk about picard but i you know i i really enjoy this especially because um after you know up until star trek picard happened season one which only kind of sort of dealt with like you know the political landscape of mm-hmm. where things were right now uh this the the final season of Deep space nine was kind of our last chronological uh, view at like what was going on basically because Voyager had Voyager ended later but was on the other side of the galaxy so you don't really you right know, there's no connection to what's going on and then Enterprise was a prequel and so on and so on so it was really only Picard that started you know this idea of okay well what happens after Deep Space Nine um, and one of the mm-hmm. great burning questions I've had since DS9 ended mm-hmm. was like okay but what was the mop-up from the Dominion War you know right yeah. the, they Odo healed the Great Link and everybody was okay with this. Interesting. You know, like I I feel like maybe there's some loose ends there that we could pull on. I'm so glad they're pulling on them. This is a dream come true for me. <laughs> Yay. I think they get pulled um, even further in these episodes. We have I don't know if you guys have, have seen more of Picard or not, um, but they I think it, they continue to get pulled yeah, on. So I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I imagine they would, even if we didn't um <clears throat> watch them. I, I have not watched the episode that dropped tonight, but I do know something got spoiled for me. So oh. if you have not watched tonight, I'm about seeing Judy Dench's cameo. Oh, Miss Piggy, the Miss, Miss Piggy. Piggy. Miss Piggy is yeah. the, is now the leader of the, is the head founder, the leader of the shapeshifters. She's very <laughs> good. I mean, I mean, first of all, first of all, I really didn't yeah. appreciate. I really didn't appreciate how the fans were just like, that's bad casting because I'm sorry, Miss Piggy can play anything. Agreed. It's it's Star Trek's Muppet episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it would sound something like this. Oh, Odo, welcome back to the Great Link. It's great to see you, Muppet tissue. Oh, my, my, it's me. That's, that would be, that's really good. Okay. That's really good. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. Once again, please hire me to be Piggy. That's what I would like. <laughs> so, so, Miss, so Miss Piggy is Laxana Troy. But I feel like Odo has to be more like <laughs> Sam the Eagle, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's very true. <laughs> that's all I <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you are all weirdos. That's all right. You are all weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is I true. Want, he is Odo. I want, I want Worf to be Fozzie Bear. Oh, I love uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm casting that. Uh-huh. 
The quark is Waka waka waka. Yeah, I think quark. I think quark is definitely Gonzo. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then I guess is 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 um is Cisco Kermit? Maybe could be. Hmm. I think Kermit plays all the captains. Just all the captains. I think Kermit off. does like <laughs> yeah, like like that frog accounting firm or whatever from yeah, uh, yeah, yeah the I frog like accounting firm. They're all frogs. <laughs> They're all frogs. <laughs> How well, about, I, um, I am a fashion model. Go ahead, so good. You got the sing song quality. So that's so good. Um, Thank you. Um, a couple things. Great Garrick scenes in this episode. Awesome oh Garrick scenes. Oh my god. Um. Mm-hmm that little run-in with the guards where he just does that and so perfectly yeah. played just like oh, i'm so glad you you know you you agreed to this plan what plan is that well first i pretend to be their friend and then i shoot i shoot you, you. but it's not real <laughs> but it's not real it's, it's not happen real. it's they true. made it's all true. that up they made all that up based i guess on their based on what they know of them because they know julian knows garrick yeah. very well exactly. i'm telling you they extracted but- that from julian's brain this is such a stroke of confidence from the writers, though, because it's basically them going like, you know what's great? Garrick. You know what's almost as great? Fake Garrick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and one other thing, too, I'm pretty sure I've watched Deep Space Nine start to finish several times in my life, basically. It's just one of my great comfort shows. So mm-hmm. don't hold pin me down and hold me to this, because there are plenty of scenes in the first couple of seasons where Cisco is stern, where he is mm-hmm. cross. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure this is one of the very first episodes in which he yells. And he comes in right after O'Brien has been beaten by the Jem'Hadar in Quark's mm-hmm. bar. And he yells and is furious at um, the Dominion yeah. negotiations that are going on, the Federation representatives, uh, Admiral Lecheyev, who's one of the great, uh, you know, recurring, like, oh, this person. Uh, yeah. never getting it. Lecheyev is never getting it right. <laughs> <laughs> she is She's the worst. She's the worst. Um, <laughs> and Cisco yells his head off in one of the great. You can almost hear the writers basically going like, "We should have Avery yell." A lot. Yeah, so mad. He's so, mad. so good at it. <laughs> Very good at the yelling. Mm-hmm. Righteous yelling. That's important. Yeah. Righteous yelling. Mm-hmm. Well, we could talk about this episode forever. We could, but we should. You're right. We should move on to speak about. The next episode, which is from Picard season three, which just aired a couple weeks ago, Picard season three, episode three, 17 seconds. I've got a quick um, uh, synopsis. This was this one was directed by uh, Johnny Frakes. So was Jonathan the search Frakes. part two, actually. So, oh, oh, really? I didn't even realize that. Oh, correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. Look okay. at our boy getting in there. Good job. Look at you. Jeannie Francis's <laughs> husband doing good, doing good. Look at you. So in 17 seconds, the Shrike attacks the Titan, injuring Shaw, who transfers command to Riker. Beverly explains that she did not tell Picard about Jack to keep their son safe from assassination attempts. Uh, I, I love the line, you know, I can I knew I could keep my son safe, but I wasn't sure I could keep your son safe. Um, the Titan attempts to escape the nebula, but is cornered by the Shrike using portal technology. Um, Picard advises Riker to lure the Shrike into a trap, but Riker wants to flee and prioritize saving the crew. Jack and Seven deduce that Vatic is tracking a gas leak on the Titan and find an ensign sabotaging the ship. He is revealed to be a changeling, hey-oh, that ties to the other episode, and escapes their custody. 
Uh, Raffi and Worf capture a criminal that they believe is responsible for the attack on Metallus Prime. They discover that he is also a changeling, part of a group that has been fighting the Federation since the end of the Dominion War, and mm. realize that the attack is just a, was just a distraction. Convinced by Picard's insistence that they fight back, uh, Riker fires on the Shrike. Their weapons are redirected back at them with a, a portal, and the Titan sustains heavy damage. Riker blames Picard and orders him off the bridge as they dri drift towards a gravitational anomaly in the nebula. Um, yeah, they they went from best friends to to not friends real quick at the end of this episode. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Say. <laughs> they yeah. they like they took off their friend hats and they put on their work hats. You know. Yeah. And they were like ready to fight. I was like, okay, yeah. oh damn, all right, shit. Like, um, it's just business. It's just business. It's just business. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. I, I I enjoyed this episode very much. Um, I, I do think I and I think Vegas said this last episode, but it is cool to see big ship fights and big ship powers and the the portal technology that they're using is is you know very cool. The um, portal just, weapon was cool. It was like, come on, guys, you couldn't see that coming that they were going to use that right. portal weapon. Right. That was right, like, right. really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not thinking ahead. Uh, they're not taking into account the new uh, the new technology. Did you like the fact that yeah. they gave um, Riker this backstory of a lost son to sort of um, under underwrite the, the choices oh. that he's now making as a, a def defensively. Well, they yeah. went over that, that, I think, in the first season. I wanted to when say, he yeah. Met, I... Yeah, that, that was part of that backstory. Oh, um, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. They were upset because the, uh, the positronic, you know, technology or whatever that was outlawed. Oh, could have saved him. Oh, right, 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 right. It could have saved the son, but didn't. That was part of the story. I see, I see. Yeah, I didn't, I was not recalling that. Thank you for, for reminding me. Yes. Um, Tad, Thad, Thaddeus, Thaddeus Riker. Is that his name? I think Tad, so. Is it Tad or Thad? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> He's dead. It doesn't it's, matter. It, He's dead. It does not. <laughs> I, I am on uh, Memory Alpha, the Star Trek wiki right now. And yes, it's Thaddeus. Yes, Thaddeus. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, uh, I it's weird to see Riker do this defensive thing because we've seen him mm -hmm. be so, you know, bold, fighty, you know, in uh, most next gen. But I guess, you know, as people evolve, they do, they, they uh, reveal different sides of themselves and uh, react differently. Well, um, this is our first time, like, extensively seeing him as a captain, you know? Right. Like, and, you know, I mean, not counting his appearances on lower decks, which were different, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that he would kind of stop treating Picard as like a friend and kind of start treating him as like an impediment to the safety of the people that are trusting him. Right. You know? Right. And Picard was acting like a whiny brat in a little bit, like a, like a little kid, like, like you got it. Dad, dad, do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And he kept saying it over and over and over again. So like, you, you're going to get in trouble, Picard. If you say that one more time, stop bothering the captain well, there, there's something too about his 82 year old voice which which you know which was what happens to everyone's voice when we get to that certain mm -hmm. age that we lose some of the the fullness of tone whatever right. so there's there's a mm -hmm. reedy quality to his voice now that makes him sound like a younger person or or a weaker mm -hmm. person or something mm -hmm. sure sure um, maybe well, it also reminded me a lot of um the um the final episode of next gen if you recall is about him ping-ponging through time and everything and so there's a lot of uh 
older Picard, you know, medium Picard, young Picard, whatever, trying to talk to his crew about these things that he's already learned in other time periods. And they keep relating to him like he's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And Stuart does it so well that you're going, you, the viewer, are going like, well, I'm glad I'm following the story because if I weren't, I would think he was a crazy person as well with what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and it kind of has a little bit of that energy where like, you know, he's not wrong, but you also know that, you know, it would be, you, it's very easy to imagine the, everyone on the bridge crew basically going like, what the hell is he talking about? Well, yeah. uh, it's relatable in that, uh, you know, uh, older older folks in the workforce are used to doing things a certain way and they take a break and they come back and suddenly everything has changed they don't you know policies have changed technology has changed you know the people have changed it's not it's not the same so it doesn't matter if you're a legend or a a big shot um you're not going to be able to turn on the computer anymore because that's different now Um, right yeah like when we got um when our internet when we were kids changed and it used to be that to to open i guess miracle online or whatever it was you'd like double click and it would open it up and my dad thought that thought okay oh that's how you get online and so he was it like up like we got some update or something and basically all you do was press connect but he was double clicking on connect so he's doing connect cancel <laughs> connect cancel mm-hmm. connect, cancel and then we yeah. as really bratty teens just didn't tell him so you couldn't get online oh, without us for a while. Um, so uh, we were not nice, not the nicest of <laughs> oh, teens, I man. guess. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Greg, newcomer. My my apologies. <clears throat> <laughs> Poor Greg. <laughs> we do have a question. Uh, we do have a question uh, in the chat box from one uh, Scott Hinner is relating to yes, this episode. Our first listener question. Hey! Our first, our listener, first listener question. question. Yes, very exciting. Mm-hmm. And if you have listener questions, feel free to shoot them to primesubjectivepod at gmail.com. A, a, an email that we created 45 minutes ago. Very Yay! exciting. For you. <laughs> For you. So uh, Scott's question is, what do we think were the events that led to the one night stand with Picard and Bev? Now, I kind of was under the impression that they were like in a little bit of a relationship and this was kind of the end of it that they I don't think it was a one night stand. I think they had an on again, off again, off screen sexual romance thing happening. I agree. You know what's funny? I watched the episode and the first time I watched it, I was convinced it was a one night stand. And then the second time I watched it, I became more and more convinced that you're absolutely right that this was a that that was the most potent night of like several, you know, nights basically they shared together where it was just kind of not that big a deal um so but i'm dying to know more about that oh yeah well do they talk about that on this episode is the night that she uh that they can she conceived um i think so yeah what did they yeah they were on some vacation right weren't they on a little yeah and it was Mm -hmm. the last time they met and he had to leave early and I, I imagine there was wine. I imagine there was uh, dancing. I imagine there weird was breakfast flute, foods. Weird <laughs> foods. I imagine there was flute, like a flute in the background. Um, so just I think they had a flautist in the room, um, just playing gently, while whilst the lovemaking was taking place. This is an yeah, awesome. no, I mean, I, this is great. I love this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 I would watch a whole limited series just about their courtship, you know, like that mm-hmm. at the end of, you know, what went wrong, what went right. Um, I, I think he was wearing that little op- uh, open sh- white shirt and little spanky shorts like he was wearing oh, yeah. on Riza. You remember showing his chest? and Do I remember? Do you remember that? Yes, I, I remember that. Definitely one. wearing that. Um, I yeah, think no. that... Uh, Beverly was wearing a bathing suit that the, but the legs went up very high. Like it was like the, the cut was like above her hip kind of bathing suit one piece. Very, yeah, very like early flowy, 90s. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. a very flowy kind of shawl thing that draped. Um, that's what I imagine they were wearing. I like that. Now, uh, they make, make mention of the fact that they basically tried to make it work. It was not working. Um, because he basically, I guess, was always going to be committed too much to space, to yeah. exploration, to Starfleet. It's mm-hmm. the problem he's had with all the girlfriends that we've seen on screen for Picard. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't like that she kept his son from him. I don't like that. I think that yeah. was a bad move. I don't I don't think that she should have made that decision for him. Yeah. And uh, that... I was definitely on, you know, I, I think Picard makes some really, really solid points, you know, mm-hmm. in response to her when she when she says that. Because as soon as you decide to um, give birth to this child, you should tell, I mean, yeah, barring, uh, barring uh, certain circumstances, there's no reason not to tell him. Yeah, I think yeah. in this situation, I, I definitely agree with that. I can certainly see how they're trying to skew it with the, uh, you know, if he if uh, if you knew who he was and he was in your life and you were connected to him, you know, it's just like Kirk's son getting killed, and um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's dangerous to be it's connected true. to the to I the can, main captain. You know, I can feel I feel that. Well, and she also says to him, you know, you always, you know you always said that if you had kids, you were afraid you would be a bad father, just like your father was a bad father, you know, and I didn't want to burden you with that is essentially what she says, which is the kind of thing that, you know, that's, yeah, but that's sounds, BS. You know, that's BS. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, she's using her one semester of therapy against him. Sure. Okay. sure. <laughs> she yeah. should have asked Troy and Troy would have been like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. You should tell him. No, um, <laughs> I'm still mad that like all we're getting from Deanna Troy is these little like pop-ins via hollow emitter. Know. You know? I, know, I want yeah. I want Marina Sirtis in the room. I'm getting I, I would think... I would gather maybe it's because she doesn't live in the states anymore. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, I think yeah. they're, they're I think they're calling their shots carefully with Marina Sirtis. I think they want to make it as punchy as possible. We'll see her in the flesh. We just are not seeing her yet because of that. okay. I just want yeah, them to like be warming up every, in the holodeck for their Tai Chi. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. I, I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, other points in this episode you guys are think that that um that uh have that caught your attention or you thought were good or bad. I feel like they're doing a good way. I, I think they're doing good with developing the character of Jack. He's not to me coming across as like I have like a very thin skin for like annoying kid characters and i say that knowing full Mm -hmm. well that jack is in his 30s but like we are contextualizing him as picard the character is 20 something like 24 Mm -hmm. 20 in his early 20s yeah so um 
But I love I think the did... actor. I don't love that casting choice. I love him as Picard's son. He's old, I wish, he? but he's just too, I just feel like he's too old for the part. And maybe yeah. the, I, I don't know how the writers could have possibly fixed that, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I yeah, he definitely does not look twenty three. Um, yeah. um, not even a hard twenty three. Not even a hard yeah. twenty three. <laughs> but I think yeah. to Carrie's point from our last episode, he couldn't have done all the things even as a twenty three year old, having been like a rebel outlaw across the mm. galaxy, would be difficult yeah. to do in a few short scant years. Yeah, he would um, be just out of college, where he apparently picked up the accent. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first thing to explain. I love that they explained it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but but that said, I feel like they're doing a good job with the character, um, as far as characterization goes, because I don't think they're making him too snotty. I don't think they're making his point of view too obstinate. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I think that there's a lot of reticence in him to kind of you know accept this part of himself, but like he's not. He doesn't get, he's not whiny or anything like that. He comes across with like with with this with a distinct point of view, um, which I really, really appreciate. It would be very easy to get that wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um I I do like Shaw giving uh over, you know, getting hurt immediately be like, okay, fine. I guess I just give my damn shit to these assholes mm-hmm. who got me in this yeah. wreck in the first place. I do really like the actor who plays Shaw a lot. Him- Oh, he's great. I'm becoming a member of the Shaw fan club, honestly. Yeah. I, uh, you know, he's maybe he's maybe not the captain we deserve, but he is the captain we need, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, I remember this episode, uh, the thing that was starting to bother me was they're not using seven enough. Yeah, but then there she's pacing in her room and on mm-hmm. in lockdown, um, being guarded. They won't let her out of the room. Um but she's like on Voyager, she was the smartest person on the ship who pretty much fixed everything and did everything and mm-hmm. she can do anything. And mm-hmm. she's got all this Borg knowledge and just let her do stuff. Um, so sure we I'm could fix this they... with nanoprobes, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I'm glad they <laughs> let her out of the room. So and I like yeah. the I like the um relationship they're establishing with her and um uh Jordy's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lieutenant LaForge yes. or Ensign LaForge. I don't know. I don't know what her rank is, but and and I appreciate the very strategic way that they have Seven react to when um when she says something along the lines of you know my my dad was a very very famous engineer as like a way to break the ice, not like a boastful way, but in like a um you know, but in like a you know like you know I've been I'm I'm a Starfleet family you know I've been around for a while like I kind of think Seven. Uh, gives this very exasperated kind of like you know in in a way that I I felt very refreshing in a way of just like not everybody would care about that you know like we the viewers care but you know yeah. we wouldn't necessarily care, we don't care about your cell of a dad exactly, okay exactly <laughs> I don't care that your dad is Lavar Burton you know like yeah um, I I I I appreciated that um, you know just because it, it felt very correct for seven absolutely what, what was the seventeen seconds reference well 17 seconds was i think the um is how long jack took to be conceived no i don't think that's <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's how long i took to be conceived no uh, it's um uh <laughs> isn't that how long it took to get to the um 
it's how long it took Riker to get to the the sick bay. The sick bay when Thad when was Deanna was there. having Thaddeus yeah. on the on yeah. the Titan. And he's like, "Those are the longest seventeen seconds of my life." Wasn't it also the seven? No, this is a later episode that I'm thinking. Why about. do you think they named the episode seventeen seconds from that reference? Um, lost a bet. Uh, no, I I. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what i mean like uh what's the yeah okay i i don't i, I don't have a quite clear connection on that one yeah I, I i don't have an answer i don't even have speculation i do have something that that moment reminded me of which is um the the season so far it's been very liberal with its wrath of khan references kind of right from the jump and there's that scene at the end of wrath of khan where they get away spock has already left the bridge kirk hasn't noticed mccoy says you better get down to engineering and Kirk looks at the empty chair and knows immediately where Spock is and that, you know, he's about to go see his dying friend. And the movie basically doesn't cut straight to engineering. It shows Kirk kind of pounding through the corridors and going through the stairs in any way. And mm -hmm. it doesn't take long, but it's just long enough to really impress upon you how incredibly long this short period of time feels for him, basically, as, he, mm -hmm. as he's about to, you know, basically say goodbye to Spock. Mm -hmm. And that's what that moment reminded me of in the sense of just like stretching out a moment or at the very least having yeah. a character feel that a moment is incredibly stretched out. Um, and so I don't know, like it, it kind of made me think about that. And I feel like it might be a theme that we return to again. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because they all kind of think that this is it now. This is the end. This right. is there. there yeah, yeah. Right. I, we I, all return know, I, to being in the moment, a moment lasting a long time. Is Donna Murphy going to come back? And to I, teach I, us to pause a waterfall. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I may have a homework assignment for us, honestly, because Ooh, we yeah. haven't talked about this. We have not talked about this going into season three, but like, do we homework. think, who do we think is going to die? Do we think someone is going to die? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. someone is going to die. Yeah. Um, and I, I think. Yeah, you go first. No, no, you go first. No, no, you go first. No, you go no, first. No, no, you go uh, Okay, first. I think you should go first and tell who you think you're going to die. Okay. Uh, I was, I was going to guess Picard. I was going to guess Picard. I think Picard, too. I think but so I, too. I think he kind of has to die. Because because I think I think Patrick Stewart's like, I cannot do this again. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I think he's going to die in the way Kirk wanted to die. The Shatner wanted to die. He was like, yeah. I'm done. You got to kill me off because I'm not coming back. I, yeah. I, I I agree. Oh, I thought I you meant on like a on a hot dog cart with a bunch of strippers. Oh, you said the way Kirk. Went I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, that's too much. Forget the hot dog cart. Forget um, the hot dog cart. Yeah, yeah. Forget the hot dog. Um, <laughs> no, but but, but I'll I provide I, the I hot agree. dogs. You bring the strippers. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, I'm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I know what you're saying, but okay. I don't either. But the voice did. The voice knew. Whatever voice that um, was. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's part of it. I feel like that's not the only surprise they have up there, if only because like that's, you know, that's that's the easy choice, I think, because we sure. we all read, we all read, you know, the interviews. We know that Stuart doesn't want to play that. That feels very much just like, well, of course, I mean, because they can in the same way that when they killed Han Solo in, you know, uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, just like he hates playing this character and wants out. Of course, they're going to kill him, you know? Yeah. Um, Whereas I feel like, you know, there's probably a, at least one more storytelling choice they have up their sleeve where it's just like we could keep um, freaks around for like a while, but maybe we'll kill Riker too. I don't know. And, and and I don't mean it to, you know, what I want is something that doesn't come across nearly as like arbitrary and like, you yeah. know, like, eh, we'll do whatever kind of thing. Like, obviously, like, tell me a story, please. But maybe, okay, yeah. Michael, maybe they all 
wake up and they're in a chamber on you know <laughs> oh, Orion. They've never left. Yeah, yeah. They never <laughs> left. It was the founders' big experiment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they all wake up and it's like, and- oh. Last thing I remember, we were on a train going to meet each other. And then, oh, are we in Narnia? I'm sorry. That's just how the, the last book <laughs> or, in the Narnia series ends. They end up in heaven. Oh, no. Yeah. Or they all wake up and it's Benny Russell, played by Avery Brooks, who's trying to sell his new book. And they're just like, I don't know. I liked the earlier stuff better. You know, <laughs> like this new stuff with, you know, the older Picard and everything. Yeah. And, and, mm. and, and, and these discovery books, like what's like the spore drive? Like really, Benny, yeah. come on, yeah, man. come on, Benny. Or it keeps zooming out and zooming out and zooming out. And you see that it's, we're just a little marble, like a, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a in a pocket, in a pocket it, of a giant or right. something. It, that's yeah. right. The men in black. And that ending. giant is yeah, Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. oh, that'd be cute. I love it. Oh, Wouldn't that be cute. Sweet. And that'd yeah. be so cute. And then somehow yeah. we actually get back into the Marvel with, universe. With and then Ant Man <laughs> is there. And then what happens is Ant Man's like, Jordy, I need your help. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Multiverse. Mm-hmm. We can take it a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. any any uh we're coming, we're coming to the end of our time. Do you have any Great. final thoughts on this episode or we didn't even talk about Worf. Oh, I'm so oh sorry. Yes. Worf and Raffi, like every scene gold. Uh, I love the fact the that he's good listening cop, bad to... cop scene. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love the fact that he's listening to opera, which is the same opera that Picard is listening to in First Contact. Yes, it is. Um, I love the, I can't quote it because I won't get the details right, but when he says the thing of like, son of Moog, house of Martok, uh, you know, like <laughs> slayer of Gowron, I made chamomile tea. It's like, it's so good. Yeah. It's like one of when the he also lists his, he also lists his earth family too. Don't house forget. Of yeah, that's that's house of Rajenko. House of Rajenko. House of Rajenko. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. And he's like, good. yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael he's really good with man. comedy he's really good with like that subtle comedy it's like yes. um beheadings are wednesdays and <laughs> yeah. then we just move on we need aubrey plaza and wharf in a buddy comedy That's oh my I god <laughs> i would like that very That'd much be so good <laughs> that'll be very funny yeah oh, the, 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 this 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 show <laughs> this show realizes when somehow you can combine the prideful boastful side of wharf with like the you know, uh, you know, almost inappropriately domesticated side of Worf, that's where comedy lives because it's so good. Mm. This episode also reminded me why I think Raffi is annoying because her mm. bad cop was so like, she's girl. Like, yeah, calm down. Calm yeah. Down. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Take a chill pill. I do like the moment where they realize this guy's not just like, jonesing is like yeah. oh wait, he's like melting oh, he's not he's sweating melting. <laughs> they chose to change the liquid goo a little bit then in deep space nine it was a little bit more like mirrory yeah and it was a little more a little slime. bit more like yeah. fleshy like a weird mm-hmm. flesh which is gross grosser but probably probably more true to what that might be and yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Worf even references odo um when he says like he was mm-hmm. given information from the great link uh, which I thought was yeah. such a cool touch and like it's such a yeah. nice nod to uh, Rene Auberjonois. I, I think it's nice that even though the actor has passed away, he lives on mm-hmm. in the Star Trek universe. It's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, good yeah. episode. Great episode. Um, I, I know that I, I'm going to go watch the, the newest one after this. I'm excited yeah, to see Yeah, me too. 
I also had a little bit of it spoiled for me, and I but I'm excited about the spoiling of it all. We won't talk about Don't it until we get me. there. I didn't, I didn't get anything spoiled. I got nothing spoiled. Don't tell okay, me. Okay, well, I have go to the circus. It's very exciting. <laughs> I have no one to blame but myself because like the I follow the showrunner on Twitter, and he said a thing last night where he just said, "Hey, just word of warning." Stop! Stop! No, 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 no. I'm just gonna no. It's just word of warning. Something crazy happens, basically, that people are gonna spoil. Don't spoil yourself. Stay off line i was like i mean it's probably like a easter egg i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry. okay i'm sorry yeah okay so we're gonna we're gonna delicately back out of the podcast without spoiling anything everyone tiptoe back out of the podcast we won't spoil a thing but before we do do you have any final thoughts or recommendations that Uh, will not spoil no i i recently read a book uh, uh, called the sea of tranquility by emily st john Mandel, Mandel, who wrote, who wrote uh, Station, uh, 11. Station 11, yes. and it's uh. so good. It's called The Sea of Tranquility, and I, I think it is uh, last year came out or the year before, but um, I recommend that book. It's excellent. I love her. And it Station talks about things so that it definitely brings up subjects that we've brought up on this podcast before because of Jay, who like, are we a simulation? And if oh, we great. are a simulation, does this happen? Is this is this possible? And it, and it also involves time travel. It's very sci-fi, but it's very um, sort of grounded around these uh, characters. So um, if it's, I if it, appreciate it. If it's half as good as Station Eleven, I am so sorry. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a great book. Great book, an incredible TV program as well. Love that, um, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got my boyfriend turned onto it, and he was like, "Can we watch the Apocalypse Show again?" Which is not normally how people <laughs> phrase things, but um, mm-hmm. it's a very it's a gentle apocalypse. It's a hard mm-hmm. show to sell to people. It's like, well, it's about an apocalypse. Yeah. Like, oh, that right. sounds yeah. bleak. It's like, well, it's well okay. but it's like and after all the bad okay. stuff. Right, right, right. So it's about a traveling <laughs> yeah. troupe of performers, but then they're like, wait, what? I'm just like, no, yeah. that's, I'm I'm making you want to watch it. Come on. Yeah, well, yeah. the Sea of Tranquility also involves a pandemic. I think she has like a similar theme. It has the same sort of feel as Station Eleven. But it's a very good book. Okay, excellent. I love that. Um, uh, my recommendation is a, a memoir that I'm reading that's very good. Um, this is more for is musical. it yours? Is it is it's it yours? My memoir, memoir yes, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> it's called "Screaming Till You Clap: uh, The Chris Newcomer Story." Um, uh, that's an amazing title. <laughs> it really is. I just came up with that. I might have to write that down. It's really good. Oh, um, man. Yeah, it um, for you. it's better than the, the title of the the new cabaret show I'm working on, which is about all the the. Um, the divas who've inspired me and, and I, I don't have a good title for it. My working title is my diva cup runneth over. And I was like, that doesn't sound my quite diva right. Cup. That's pretty good too. No, I like that. I like that. I mean, I think the divas who inspired me is a great title too. That's Maybe. probably true. Yeah, it's probably good. Okay. What book did you read? What, what it's called? It's called read? shy. It's the, it's the uh, memoir of Mary Rogers. Who's the daughter of Richard Rogers and the mother of oh. Adam Gettle. Uh, Richard Rogers is of, of Rogers and Hammerstein, a, you know, a giant of music theater. Adam Gettle also who wrote um, light in the piazza. Uh, and and Mary herself wrote um, uh, Once Upon a Mattress. And so it's mm-hmm. just about like growing up in that crazy family and her like, she's like best friends with Stephen Sondheim. And all, it's just really, really fun, interesting memoir. Um, and it sounds like her parents weren't like the easiest. She, she said something like, you know, you know, they told me we love you, but we don't like you or something like uh, that, which is like, yeah. you know, makes for funny people at the very least, but um, well, well <laughs> worth checking out. Uh, it's a very good, very good memoir so far. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, I'll keep with the literary theme, actually, and that I just finished a book uh, just the other week, actually, called um, 
Wanderers, which is, you know, no, excuse me, actually, I, I, I finished the book Wayward, which is a sequel to a book called Wanderers, which came out a couple years ago, which is a, they're, they're both a pandemic story. The first book is kind of the, you know, pandemic that leads to fall of civilization. The second one is basically what happens after. Um, the first book was published in early 2020, which, yeah. Um, Who wrote it? Who and, wrote it? I mean, everything uh, is oh, about the pandemic nowadays. It's, it's, it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, it's true. Um, uh, hold on for one second because my brain is not worth anything right now. I'm sorry, actually, but that's uh, Chuck Wendig uh, wrote both books. Um, and it's interesting. The most the most recent book was just published last year, and it's clearly a. I feel like there's another story in here because I can't end my you know now I can't end my pandemic story on quite an unres such an unresolved note. I feel like you know that seemed like a good <laughs> idea a couple years ago, but maybe now not so much. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got a lot of inspirations, including there's a little bit of kind of like the pulpier side of like Stephen King. It's definitely inspired by like the stand, but also a book it reminded me of was station 11 as I was reading oh. it because it's, it's sadder than I expected it to be. Um, it's more, you know, it's more thoughtful than I expected it to be, even when it's kind of also kind of sci-fi and pulpy. And it is, it, it's very much about the, I also likened it to like some of the early episodes of the Battlestar Galactica, because it's about this idea of society is over, we need to rebuild, what parts do we keep, what parts do we throw away, you know, what what does that say about us when we really need to throw away these parts that are inconvenient, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, and it's got a very, you know, big cast of characters, lots of, you know, and, 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 you know, it, it, it's got much more on its mind in this than, than just like, uh, let's just have a, like a bunch of like Mad Max style violence. That's not really what it's about at all. Um, there's some, but not nearly as much, you know, as you might think with a, with a premise like that. Uh, really, really good series of books. I really like them a lot. They're also very, very, very long. I think the audiobook of the second one was literally 32 hours. Jesus. So, um, yep. So uh, buckle up, but they are very good. <laughs> okay. To check that out. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Well, thanks for your recommendations. Thanks for your thoughts on these two great episodes of Trek. Uh, and uh, I look forward to talking more Trek with you guys next week. Um, I did not think of a song to sing at the end, um, but we could certainly do um, uh, one of the tunes that is in the end theme. Uh, it's just written out. I don't know if you've seen this as one of the Easter eggs. It's like the, the it's, but I think it's, it's, um, Pop ends the episode.